We are Awakened Church in Bonesse, and this is our podcast. Welcome. Welcome to the fourth slash third kind of Sunday of Advent. It's tricky, it's confusing, but um, yeah, we're talking about love today uh, and the light that is love, and I'm really excited to be able to share some of this with you. So this Advent, the past few weeks, we have contemplated the way that the light interacts with darkness in personal and collective and also astronomical ways. The longest night is also just around the corner that we have a service for, and the days seem dimmed in gloom, and the brisk air matches our slowed pace. And yet we've gathered together, like many before us, to linger in the warm light of community, We come to honor each other's longing to see what this light illuminates and to be released from what holds us, that we ourselves might radiate the illuminating light that shines in the night. We began Advent with the hope that the light will come. The angel Gabriel appears to Mary and says that the day you've hoped for is arriving. It's almost here, but when you're being oppressed and slaughtered and erased, we also need peace real, genuine peace from war and suffering and injustice? Can we dream of a God who can really usher in this time of peace? We speak justice and righteousness, an end to war and abuse and injustice, the joy of freedom. Can we imagine a freedom that would bring authentic joy? All this the light promises, and yet we're still in the waiting. The darkness can be all-consuming, in some sense our only friend, and lead to our wondering whether this light will ever reach us at all. Intense emotions of fear and anxiety, loneliness and dread will shroud our hearts and our minds. Violence and death seems to be without end some days. Heartbreak, illness, bodies that don't function the way they're supposed to, or bodies deemed abnormal, Loss of loved ones, loss of dreams, loss of self. How can this loving light break into that space? Who surrounds us and steadies us when all we know is darkness? So as I said, we've gathered together the past few weeks to imagine how this hope and the peace and joy as the sun goes down and we enter the cold night, we've been invited to notice the light that's coming toward us in the darkness, the love that's coming and somehow sustains all things. And today we ponder together, what is this light of love that's bursting forth in the night, compassionately summoning us to ask with curiosity, what are we really seeking and waiting for? What does this light reveal and do for us? How might we yet be changed by it? Rather than uh, lingering in a specific text, I found tracing the theme of light and love just across scripture gives us some pretty cool ideas and it's been a meaningful experience for me and so I just hope that you fall in love uh, in your own way with this too. Um, But the transitionary text between our Daniel series and Advent was from Daniel 12, I think it was verse three, and it says, those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the sky and those who lead many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. 
In the ancient writings of the prophet Isaiah, too, we find divine promises of everlasting light and an end to the days of mourning and gloom. The prophet says, the sun will no longer be your light by day, nor will the moon shine for illumination by night. The Lord will be your everlasting light. Your God will be your glory. Your sun will no longer set. Your moon will no longer wane. The Lord will be an everlasting light for you, and your days of mourning will be ended. Mysteriously, this light we await at Advent is the source of this hope and peace and joy and love that we deeply long for. And it is a light that will never go out. So as I mentioned, this series, we've talked a lot about light and stars, and it's even on the image that you can see there. It's in the background. Um, the songs and the, the other pieces of um, liturgy in our Advent series are also speaking about this. It's, it's this light that is coming toward us from the past. And because of this, I ended up down a fun rabbit hole this week, looking up cool things about light. And I remembered this book that I had picked up in Kelowna this summer called Phosphorescence. I had never heard of uh, the term before, but I saw this and I was like, yes, I need to read this. So I bought it. And in simplest terms, phosphorescence is a process in which energy absorbed by a substance is released relatively slowly in the form of light. This is, in some cases, the mechanism used for glow-in-the-dark materials. Think like the glow-in-the-dark stars you'd have on your ceiling as a kid. Some of you probably have those in your houses right now because you're parents. And, it, and so it's, it's like they're charged by this light and then they expose it or they emit the light themselves. Her book is also a memoir of learning just to discover our inner light and the light that's all around us when we have been thrown into a dark pit of despair. She talks about all the mysterious glowing creatures in our world. There, I have a few slides of just pictures you can sift through just a little bit. Yeah, she talks about the mysterious glowing creatures in our world. There are glowworms that illuminate caves, ghost mushrooms that light up forest floors to attract beetles and other insects who might spread the mushroom spores. There are fireflies who illumine our childlike wonder. There are also flashlight fish. I don't think I have a picture of this one, but think like the scary fish in Finding Nemo. You all know the ones that live deep in the sea. Lantern sharks, vampire squid, there's so many of these things. The mysteries of light in the universe and on earth are vast and they are beautiful and they are profound. Humanity has been curious about these traces of magic and creation for centuries. The term phosphorescence wasn't actually coined until the 1770s. And then the term bioluminescence then came in the early 20th century to describe biochemical light that's emitted by living creatures. But prior to this, it was all simply magical light manifesting in creation. Philosophers puzzled over seawater that appeared as though it was generating sparks or pieces of overly damp wood that glowed in the dark. Japanese culture imagined fireflies to be the souls of the dead, or more specifically, of samurai killed in battle. Sailors also spoke of waves on fire and burning seas, but yet as Julia Baird, the author of that book, eventually points out, people glow too. All living creatures do. There was a study done in 2009 that placed five healthy, bare-chested young Japanese men in a dark room sealed in complete darkness, and they would stay in these rooms for 20-minute intervals every three hours for three days. 
And using a highly sensitive imaging system, scientists found that all of the men glowed, most strongly from the neck and face because our heads are often, see more exposure to the sun and daylight than the rest of our bodies. And also if the energy is higher in our body or they noticed that at the end of the day, bodies would glow more. The authors of the study concluded that all people directly and rhythmically emit light. The human body literally glimmers, they said. The intensity of the light emitted by the body is a thousand times lower than the sensitivity of our naked eyes. We can't see it, but we are literally glowing. We are made of stardust. Electricity is really cool to think about here too. I won't go off on it because I don't have the space for it, but we have electricity that courses through our bodies right now. We need that electricity. It's required for our nervous systems to function and send signals throughout our mind and bodies, making it possible for us to move and think and feel. We need this electricity to stay alive, to function and thrive and be our best, most authentic selves, to be empowered, to experience peace and no love. But we also have what's called the visible light spectrum, which is on the screen, which is the segment of the electromagnetic spectrum that the human eye can view. More simply, this range of wavelengths is called visible light. Typically, the human eye can detect wavelengths from 380, I don't actually, nanometers to 700, I think. All electromagnetic radiation is light but we can only see a small portion of this radiation, the portion we call visible light. Cone-shaped cells in our eyes act as receivers, tuned to the wavelengths in this narrow band of the spectrum. Other portions of the spectrum have wavelengths that are too large or too small and, and energetic for the limitations of our own eyes. As the full spectrum of visible light travels through a prism, however, the wavelengths separate into the colors of the rainbow because each color is a different wavelength. They're all there, we just can't see them. The texts that we read today were from Isaiah 42 and Luke 2, and there's tons to explore in all these. But I think there's some particular things in it that I wanna focus on in what Isaiah has to say about what this light is that looks like love. And so I wanna turn back uh, 42 verse 5 to 9 and so we'll just read that and then we'll talk about it a little bit but God the Lord says the one who created the heavens the one who stretched them out the one who spread out the earth and its offspring the one who gave breath to its people and life to those who walk on it I the Lord have called you for a good reason I will grasp your hand and guard you and give you as a covenant to the people as a light to the nations to open blind eyes, to lead the prisoners from prison and those who sit in darkness from the dungeon. I am the Lord, that is my name. I do not hand out my glory to others or my praise to idols. The things announced in the past, look, they have already happened. But I'm declaring new things. Before they even appear, I tell you about them. In this text, we see that the light looks like hope for the world, hope for all that peace would actually come. This light is peace from war and violence, turning weapons into gardening tools. It is peace from harm and abuse and imprisonment and captivity. 
This text reveals to us that the light is joyful, joy that looks like freedom and liberty, reason to dance and sing. The light has shone upon us, and the evidence of that is that we become luminous ourselves. Our light shines upon everyone. Those in darkness have seen a great light. Paul actually quotes this in Acts 13, when he and uh, Barnabas are speaking to the Jews about the Spirit's radical inclusion of the Gentiles. So we can track this through the New Testament a whole bunch. It says, on the next Sabbath, almost everyone in the city gathered to hear the Lord's word. When the Jews saw the crowds, they were overcome with jealousy. They argued against what Paul was saying by slandering him. Speaking courageously, Paul and Barnabas said, we had to speak God's word to you first. Since you reject it and show that you are unworthy to receive eternal life, we will turn to the Gentiles. This is what the Lord commanded us. I have made you a light for the Gentiles so that you could bring your salvation to the end of the earth. Paul gets it. The powerful usually don't. It's just as Jesus said uh, in John 9, I think it's verse 5 or something, Jesus says, while I am in the world, I am the light of the world. But then when we look in Matthew's account in chapter 5, Jesus says, you are now the light of the world. Speaking to the people. We are the light in the world that radically overturns systems of oppression and marginalization. As the text in Isaiah continues in this theme, the next chunk of verses, I have kept still for a very long time. I have been silent and restrained myself. Like a woman in labor, I will moan, I will pant, I will gasp. I will wither mountains and valleys. I will make the blind walk a road they don't know, and I will guide them in paths they don't know. But I will make darkness before them into light and tough places into level ground. These things I will do. I will not abandon them. The light is actionable. Divine love declares over the darkness, enough. The text in Isaiah here reveals God as the light in the darkness that fiercely speaks out against injustice and will overturn corruption. Love will not dismiss you or ignore you. Love hears your cries and your pain and can sit with you in that space. We see the light that looks like love who will grasp our hands and will guard us and will bring an end to tears. We see that God at Advent in this magnificent light. And this light, this love of God is like a ferocious mother who will no longer hold back. She will groan and wail and pant. You will hear her pain brought to speech. She will take back agency and restore dignity she will stand for nothing less than the fulfillment of hope for peace that brings an end to violence and harm. She will bring joyful liberation, well-being and flourishing for all of her children. The light of love will not abandon you. And don't worry, it does not depend on you. The light will never abandon you for the light is within you. God will secure your safety this is the love that breaks into the darkest spaces and turns them into gardens nourished by flowing rivers. Love will be your sustainer. She will not forsake you. This is the light 
that looks like love, which illumines and compels us to go forth as the light in the world. As the luminous angels declare in Luke 2, kind of, I changed this one a little bit legitimately, there is no need to fear. Look, I bring good news to you, wonderful, joyous news for all people, light that is loving news for all people, your savior, your rescuer, protector, healer, sustainer, is born among you today in David's city. He is Christ the Lord. The light looks like love bursting through the darkness that prevents us from seeing ourselves and others as the beloved creatures made in the image of the divine. The light reveals a chorus of voices singing and declaring and inviting all people to return to that same loving voice that's been there all along. Good news, the light has come. Your liberator, the one whose light never fades. And then we, in turn, take that and we go and do likewise as the light in the world. That's what we get to share. It's been coming toward us this whole time and we await it now. It's going beyond us still. I think each of us knows in our own way the wounds we carry and the hope and the peace and the joy and the love that we so desperately desire and what it might mean to us. Julia Barrett again had this and I just wanted to take this from her book. She said, we understand each other in wounds. Those of us who have staggered along the paths of serious sickness. But we also empathize more with other kinds of suffering. Those millions of us with cracked hearts, battered bodies, blackened brains. We more readily commiserate about the times when life is like a boa constrictor wrapped around our windpipes, squeezing out breath like a dark ogre stealing our joy, our purpose, and our hope as we sleep. Or sometimes it seems just like a thick, black, airless cave with no apparent exit. The more we see everyone and everything as beautiful and filled with divine light, the more we see that we are all just afraid of being seen, for fear of being shamed, of being rejected. Yet we also see that we all desire safety and love to be fully seen and known and still belong. This is what we see in the light of Christ at Advent. We see by Christ's light and suddenly we get it. We're not so different. We are all wounded and afraid. We all long for that light that brings hope for an end to war and peace from violence and joy of liberation. The light is coming ever towards us and from the perspective of the stars, all the borders and fears that divide us disappear. Surrounded by the light, scales fall from our eyes and we see God's glory in all of creation. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, both Jews and Gentiles. But by Christ's light, we are able to see the full spectrum of colorful lights in the universe. The multitude of voices that were there all along we just couldn't see them in the dark. Just darkness isn't the presence of evil or depression or gloom. Darkness is the absence of light. And in the light of Christ, we see it's not just black, white, or gray. 
but that life is black, white, or red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, and violet, this light we now emanate sees and knows and loves everyone as their authentic selves, as made in the image of God. We love and are filled with goodness. We become the light. When people treat you with kindness and love and curiosity, it melts away that shame and it grants emotional safety so that you can treat others that way because you are grounded in your power and you're safe for all of you to be present and to spread the love and the healing. The light shines on us and we become the light. Then we shine. That is the love of Advent. The love of self and of neighbor is the beauty and the truth that we see in the light of Christ's love. The loving light of Jesus overtakes the darkness like a choir of angels in the night sky. And we go into the world proclaiming, look what God has done. We embody that same love and we glow like stars in the sky as we share the good news that God is with us, God is for us, and God loves all of us, all of his creation. We won't need the light of the sun or the moon, scripture tells us, for through the love of Christ, we become the light of the world. We are phosphorescent. I have this book by a, a guy named Jonathan Puddle that's like a 30-day meditation practice about the love of God. And, and so in closing, I actually I want to read a, a section of that over us, just kind of as a, as a prayer, as a closing piece. Um, and so it will be on the screen and you can follow along, but also if you just want to sit and close your eyes and listen, feel free to do that too. Um, but let me pray for, pray over us and, uh, and then we'll go with the rest of the service. Imagine a time when there was absolutely nothing. A time before life itself, the empty nothingness before creation was brought into being. There exists only one thing the divine mystery of potential life. Can you sense the vibration, the radiation of this mystery, the presence of something or someone intrinsically good and generous that predates and supersedes our understanding of life itself, the cosmic progenitor of life and love? The ancient Hebrew scriptures describe in poetic verse how God created the heavens and the earth. They describe this God creating light before any sources of light existed. Modern science confirms this. Cosmic microwave background radiation has been identified as light that was cast in all directions at the moment of the universe's creation and continues expanding to the outer boundaries of existence today. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. God is the light and life itself. God is present within all that God made. Holding all things together is the kind, generous energy that wills all things into being in the first place. Underneath, within, and surrounding the substance of the universe you and I are so familiar with is an energy and a consciousness that is good and is personally knowable. This God is a being who loves you while also a being themselves. For in this light, all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, 
visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through the light and for the light. The light is before all things, and in the light all of life holds together. And we pray to the God who blesses reality to burst forth from the void, creating life and light and planets and stars to house our existence. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all of life was made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was all of life, and that life was the light of all mankind. Imagine a time where there was absolutely nothing against the nothingness. Imagine the trinity of God where love flows between all three members, each of whom endlessly empties themselves into the others. Imagine the undulating channels of joyous energy that flow within. Now picture creation itself bursting forth from this light of love, space and time originating in the heart of God flowing outward by the Spirit manifesting through the sun. Envision their divine life birthing our universe simply to embody more joy and more love. The scriptures go on to say that the same God made you and me in their own image so that we would be like God and reflect God's nature. God gave you a body and declared it good. God surveyed the entirety of creation and declared it very good. God made your body and this world holy and good. God's presence sustains and holds it all together. Moment by moment, the universe and everything in it is a beautiful, sacred temple that reflects and welcomes the glory of its creator. All of life is worthy of love. You too are allowed to love yourself the same way that God loves you. You carry the very image of God inside you. You are allowed to receive and enjoy that love, basking in it, reveling in it, savoring it every day, forever. And not only are you allowed to, but since you were created on the template of a being who is conscious, loving energy itself, it is actually your nature to love yourself too. It is how your humanity is meant to work. You are meant to love yourself, and we are meant to love others, and we are meant to embody love itself. Amen. Awaken Church is located in McKinstis, specifically the neighborhood of Bonas. Most of us are settler descendants who have benefited from the legacy of colonialism and forced assimilation, which continues to harm the people of this land. We are committed to reckoning with our history and taking action towards reconciliation as envisioned by Indigenous leaders and knowledge keepers. Treaty 7 was signed not so long ago between the sovereign nation of the Blackfoot Confederacy, the Stony Nakoda, the Sutina, and the Canadian government. We honour that at the heart of the treaty was a dream for a shared future, and we wholeheartedly believe in this dream. For information on who we are and how you can support the work of Awaken, check us out at awakenchurch.ca. We are also on Facebook and Instagram at Awaken Bonus.